thank you everyone for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. Um, I'm super excited today because we are talking about Luke Skywalker, who I love very dearly. And uh, and I'm, I'm stoked to have uh, you guys here on the podcast because, you know, like I, I mentioned before, um, both uh, Max and, and Element, you guys are two of the people that inspired me to start creating content. And I've, I've followed, uh, you know, Master North for, for a long time. So I'm excited to jump into it and start talking about the man, the myth, the legend. But to get started, I want to first have everyone go around, kind of introduce yourself. So who are you? Um, what's your history with Star Wars? And what is about Luke? What makes Luke special? So I will go to um, Max first. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Max. Uh, I comb on, on TikTok and uh, also other things, I guess. Uh, history with Star Wars. Uh, I was thrown into the opening night of Revenge of the Sith in 2005. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, it would be uh, it would change my life. And then I've been sort of <laughs> reading and consuming Star Wars ever since then. Uh, and I'm super excited to be here. What is what what is it about Luke? Uh, I I think that his hero's journey is super interesting in the original trilogy. Um, and you know, there's stuff in Legends, but if we're talking like strictly canon, I think it's I think it's the fact that he is like a human, and that we can all sort of see ourselves in him. Yeah, that's, he's, it's so, like, he was such an everyman when, when he was introduced, you know what I mean? He was mm -hmm. all of us being a whiny little brat. Um, <laughs> uh, Element, your thoughts? Uh, I'm Element. Thanks for having me again, Choco. Um, and as you mentioned, who inspired you, uh, Combe was actually one of the first people that I saw that actually inspired me to start as well. Oh, <laughs> It's it, it, it's it's an honor to be on the podcast with everyone here. Um, I think um, being here previously, everyone kind of knows who I am now. I'm element seven underscore element seven underscore. Um, and I've said this spiel before. My brother showed me a new hope when I was a little kid. Um, and I've mentioned this uh, in your Twitch chat in your previous episodes prior to this. Um, the moment Obi-Wan said, it was as if a million voices cried out in terror and then went and then just went silent. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> I really need to know what this, what the force is. And then I just like, I just went full bore on Star Wars after that. Uh, my favorite Luke moment, definitely in The Last Jedi, um, staring down the First Order and um, just that whole force projection moment and kind of exemplifying everything that a jedi should have been and going off of what comb mentioned about like being human he he's actually like the amalgamation of all of the greatest things about a jedi like qui-gon's acceptance of the will of the force and and mm -hmm. his and his kind of awareness of not getting lost in the doctrines uh, and that happens in the last jedi but also it's kind of like he has obi-wan's also um very very realistic teaching method uh and just just in that moment you kind of see like the culmination of his training and the culmination of what he learned from his failure his only true failure mm -hmm. the movies. 
I like it. <laughs> and uh, we got uh, Master North, last but certainly not least. Um, yeah, who are you? How'd you get into Star Wars? And uh, so, what's it about Luke? So my name's Cole, Master North on TikTok, and I'm 19 years old. Uh, I first got into Star Wars when I went to see the Clone Wars movie, actually, in theaters. And that was the first time I ever saw Star Wars, so I thought it was the greatest thing ever. But then that day... I went home and I, I started the original trilogy and I watched A New Hope and I just immediately fell in love with Luke and he became my favorite character. It was just something about him from a very young age. I was able to relate to him and I, I even read the comics, all that. And I, it, was, it was just this epic character that I related to. And he had a perfect hero's journey, I believed, in the first trilogy. And then even going on into the sequel trilogy, I always thought Mark Hamill just delivered the greatest performances in all of Star Wars, and not even just Star Wars. His performances and everything he does are amazing. So just about anything that he does, I typically love. And <laughs> there's more I'd like to get into about Luke's character, but I'm not gonna go on for too long now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, dig, we'll dig deep into it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, everyone knows me watching uh, this movie over and over and over again. Um, and I, I, do, I do agree, you know, Luke did have the perfect hero's journey but for me it was my first experience with the hero's journey was luke skywalker and you know you, you can't you can't forget your first right um that sounded weird but um, <laughs> 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 but you 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 know what i mean uh and it's yeah it's just always always impacted me and then you know element jumped into it a little bit but i also wanted to go around separately to get your favorite Luke Skywalker moment. Um, oh, but, oh, whoops. No, no worries. No worries. Um, it's Carrie Fisher's, it's her birthday today. So let's also share our favorite Leia moment as well. Um, and I'll, I'll go to Element uh, first. Uh, my favorite Leia moment, there's actually two moments. It, it's the beginning and the end of her journey. The beginning is in A New Hope when everyone's trying to rescue her and she's just like, what the hell are you guys doing? She takes the blaster from Han or Luke, I, I don't remember. And she's like, I'll, I'll just save myself. Um, and then at the end of her journey is when she um, uh, reaches out to Ben and finally like is the catalyst that brings him finally back to the light. And it's a huge moment because, you know, I think we all we all know that he's, been in the darkness since birth and Luke tries to find the light and that's why he goes there but the moment he, he sees the light um, is the moment Leia finally like reaches back out to him right because she ended her Jedi training um, because she saw a vision that at the end of it would be the death of her son well in fact at the end of her Jedi path it was the death of us of her son, but it was Kylo, not Ben. And yeah. so, like the symbolatry in that was just like compelling as as ever. Um, and so, those two moments are my favorite Leia moments. Um, all right, Master North. Um, okay, so my I've also have two favorite Leia moments. I also agree that my absolute favorite one is that first moment in A New Hope when she takes the blaster and she says, I'm going to save myself. <laughs> she suggests they go down the trash compactor. That From that moment, I knew that Leia was a great character, in my opinion. And 
my other favorite moment was that short little scene in the rise of skywalker when the young younger leia is training with luke and it's the final moments Mm. of her training i it's just something about that scene i can't even explain it i just it i love it it it's all the feels (laughs) yeah honestly that's it it just that scene just pulls on the heartstrings especially when you know that it's her daughter playing her physically there Um, wait where is it really i did not know that actually yeah and then would you like to hear my favorite luke moment too yes yes okay so my favorite luke moment is in return of the jedi when he after he takes down his father and palpatine says to strike him down and join him and he throws down his lightsaber and says he's a jedi like his father before him uh that moment in my opinion is the most powerful moment in the entire saga when he chooses the light over the dark when he's been struggling for not just the entire entirety of return of the jedi but the entire the, from the very end of the empire strikes back when he found out that vader was his father and he found out and he knew he was a jedi and it just it means so much to me that scene yeah absolutely um for me i mean you guys are definitely taking the some of the best ones but um watching leia's interactions with han on the falcon in episode two um like after the uh the asteroid belt or kind of during that and they just have this this kind of natural banter that uh, is really you you don't see it often and it draws you in like you want to be part of that banter but you also know that you'd be like c-3po awkwardly there like yeah for sure come on man let me (laughs) um i i love that and then also i mean uh, whenever you say leia i just think of the hologram uh in that moment and that um iconography is so profound and unique you know of her stooping over to hit record and stopped recording it's just i don't know it's just beautiful to me um but yeah awesome thank you guys so much for that uh we'll just jump i can, I, I haven't had my favorite luke moment <laughs> oh that's right i i apologize no yes. problem and your layer uh, moments your... yeah my favorite Leia moment would probably be in episode six when she rescues uh, Han uh, from the cryogenic frozen uh, when she like takes off the the mask and it's revealed it's like someone who loves you I love that moment <laughs> dearly uh, and then I know it's a point of contention for a lot of people but the revelation that she's force sensitive in the last Jedi when she's out in the in, in space and freezing and then she like reaches her hand out and flies across that was a, a very fun moment. Um, and then my favorite Luke moment, I know I talk about The Last Jedi a lot, but the, that scene when uh, uh, they're talking about the hubris of the Jedi um, and that sort of conversation between Ray and Luke discussing like hope and like what all of the implications of it is is one of my favorite scenes in the entire entire saga. And it's because of like Luke's cynicism and how he could be like convinced in that. Uh, and also, uh, in, in Return of the Jedi, in the sixth movie, when he cuts off Darth Vader's hand, there's just like a point of like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it. Get the revenge. It is pretty satisfying when he's just like hammering down on him. Yeah. Um, and then, the, so you just made me think of something that it's not 
I don't love it because of the movie, but you know, in we have a, a little a little book club thing, and we're going through um, uh, Bloodlines, and mm. as an adult, someone has pre- presented Leia with a hollow of her killing Jabba the Hutt, and so she's <laughs> she's in her like mid to late forties, watching a video of her in a bikini choking Jabba the Hutt, and in like what's whispered uh, across the galaxy is her other name, Hut Slayer, and I think that's just kind of badass. <laughs> that is kind of badass. Uh, but yeah, let's let's jump into it, right? So, Luke's journey starts with uh, with a new hope, and you know I just want to hear how you guys are are feeling, everything about Luke and the New Hope, and uh, we'll start with Master North. Uh, okay, so Luke and the New Hope his introduction is perfect because he needs to be this whiny little kid who really just, he doesn't have great intentions in life. He knows he needs to go to the Academy, like maybe become a pilot if he can. Uh, but he gets held back. And I think when, what, what do I want to say here? When he gets held back, that really starts his journey off in terms of him with the struggles and then he obviously dies the droids and what happens he gets when he get, you know we'll skip ahead he gets introduced to obi-wan that's one of my favorite moments because he really that's he gets that's when he gets struck with his first bit of hope when he meets obi-wan because he had already seen the recording and he knew that Oh, wait, no. Had he seen the... Yes, he had seen yeah, the recording, and that's why yeah. R2 left. And that just meant a lot to me that when he met Obi-Wan. So... Yeah, absolutely. And then also, real quick, um, I meant to mention it in the notes here, but we're, we're just going to hit, like, one or two points from each movie. Okay. So then once we finish all of them, then we can talk about it as a whole and then really dive in. Okay, so the best points for me in that movie with Luke are the first moment when he walks into Leia's cell and she says, uh, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> and Luke's reaction there is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Because what, what I love about it is when it doesn't take itself too seriously <laughs> and it's just fun. And then the other fa- my other moment that I really enjoy there is when he's in the X-Wing running down the trench and he's trying to look into his computer. And the first moment where he really taps in, he, he gets contacted by Obi-Wan through the Force. And he really makes his, his first moment where he has connection to the Force. And he shoots the torpedo into the Death Star trench. That's one of my favorite moments as well. Just because it really, it shows that there's something greater coming. That, that this whole saga is going to be about. That it's not just some rebels fighting against an empire there's something more something mystical that's going to be so great they added a little little spice uh yeah <laughs> and uh comb uh you're yeah uh i i luke in, in a new hope i i always think is really interesting because it was like the first instance of this character so it was george lucas trying to like what can i make as the everyman and i think the the best 
my favorite moment in a new hope of of luke is definitely the the twin sons scene where he walks out and you know the beautiful john williams score is playing and it's it's just this idea of hope but also how terrifying the world <laughs> is of oh my god the world is so big and and luke is just this small person in frame um and i think it really sets up one like the way that the audience members can see themselves in luke and and how oh i'm ready to grow with this person as a character over however many movies this is um and and also uh sets up his character as this very hopeful albeit like idealistic uh young boy that is is ready for whatever adventure is being thrown at him yeah and then, like, especially the binary sunset scene where he's looking to this vast land and, like, yeah. <laughs> so much possibility, like, it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Element, what points jump out of you? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Luke in A New Hope just because he was whiny and all that stuff, but, uh, like, uh, I get that... Uh, a lot of people see themselves in Luke, like like what um, Max mentioned, um, because a lot of people, his his writing in New Hope was very much, is very simplistic in a way that everyone can see the their own lives in him, you know, coming from nowhere, uh, leading a, a humdrum life, and just maybe work doing some chores for your parents, having aspirations to do bigger things. And then wanting to go off, like, if you wanted to go to university, your parents are like, no, I need your help here. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll stay here and help. Um, but anyone who relates to that part of life also relates to, to wanting to have that hero's call. Like, you're leading that humdrum life, and you're helping your parents, and you have these aspirations, but... Every once in a while, everyone's like, I wonder when my RT is going to show up. I wonder when I'm going to get that message saying, I need, I'm, I'm a part of something bigger and I'm the hero of this story. So when he goes off and he meets Obi-Wan, like, my thoughts on Luke change progressively throughout the movie. So when I first meet him, he's like, oh, I was going to go to Tashi Station. Like, I was like, well, this kid's like got to slow down a little bit. But he meets Obi-Wan. Um, and and he, he's truly a nice nice kid and Obi-Wan's telling him about the force and he's genuinely like an open book at that point and by the end of the movie he has completely accepted his own gifts and his role in this larger story um, and that's and by the by the very end when he is in that trench run and it's like use the force Luke um, that's when I really really started to like him um, because I knew that we were going to see some amazing things from from this character. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I really like how you put that because um, he it, it represents that when the when the movie starts, he is not the main character of his own story in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he gets that that call, and things change. Um, it's always kind of weird that he didn't quite mourn for. It. Um, his aunt and uncle. He, he was just kind of like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> it's <a> deleted scene. <laughs> but, but um, it's actually important that you that you mention that because you know historically Jedi were too old to train by his age because they have those attachments, and I like to make a joke 
Luckily, the Empire removed those attachments for him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Empire. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that's seeing his his journey, and then also there is there is nothing more intriguing than um, than him training on the Falcon, where he blocks the bolts, and then you're like, wait, what? This this is a thing. Like I remember my first time watching it. Like okay, that's I can see how that's going to be very useful in the future, um, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, also you know seeing the the trench run is incredible. Even now, because that scene still holds up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. I know that they've cleaned it up and stuff, but it was so well done. The fact that they had to invent most of the technologies surrounded mm-hmm. all of that stuff was awesome. I, yeah, I still get like that, that my heartbeat raises, I get like breathless in those moments. I'm like, even after, you know, 20 sometimes watching it, it still, it still gives me that, that great rush and pace the entire time. Mm-hmm. Is he going to make it like, uh, yeah. Um, Especially when he's evading Vader's um, targeting. Computer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, he's strong with the force. And I was like, <laughs> woo. He's, he's going up against Vader here, and Vader can't even like shoot him down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we can uh, jump ahead to our Luke and Empire, my personal favorite film. Um, Same. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's go. I started with uh, Cole last time, so we'll go over here to Max. Uh, I I I watched Empire Strikes Back this morning uh, just to like brush up. Um, cause I love that movie and it's, it's, I think it shows Luke in a really interesting way. Cause like if in episode four, if in a new hope, he's like whiny, we start to see like his arrogance a little bit in empire strikes back. Cause I noticed throughout that entire movie, he doesn't listen to anyone. Like he does, he does his training with Yoda, but, but he just, he doesn't listen to R2. He doesn't listen to anyone in the entire movie. And I think that's a really great development for his character. Um, because he starts to, we start to see him like his place in this universe and what what he is developing into, and that is like a hero who needs to be trained. Uh, uh, I apologize, my internet is is getting a little wonky, so I apologize if I come in and out. Um, but he that in in that first like hour and a hour of that movie, you realize like he he isn't listening to anyone, and he needs training, and that's that was the perfect introduction to Yoda. Um, and I love all of those moments where, for some reason, nowhere else really in in Jedi training have I seen someone doing a handstand uh, and, and using the Force. But for some reason, Yoda is just making him do a handstand <laughs> for hours on end, causing <laughs> objects to flow. <laughs> I, I love that scene. Um, and especially all of those scenes on Dagobah are just, are just wonderful. Yeah, same. Luke on Dagobah is like... Uh, that's my bread and butter in in both of these films. Um, and then uh, uh, Pep? Uh, yeah, same thing here. Like, Luke on Dagobah is probably the, the one thing that makes this my favorite because it was the first time that we had actually expanded on the Force. Mm-hmm. And it was also our first time seeing, like, even though Obi-Wan was technically our uh, pseudo-master uh, sage uh, archetype, it was our first time seeing the master Yoda and the way he talks about the force, the way he, he like, he's analogous with things around him and trying to teach Luke 
all of these concepts without like teaching because you know it doesn't really tell you he kind of just like <laughs> gives you concepts and abstract thoughts and then you're supposed to put two and two together um but like my favorite parts obviously um is when he is making a clear distinction in the dark side and the light side um and this is what actually helps me make the distinction between when people are are doing combat and stuff um i get a lot of questions asking um like uh, this comes up when you're talking about gray jedi right and how they can be cannons like what how they they use lightning or luke used force choke in return of the jedi i'm like okay well watch this clip from empire strikes back where luke's like how do i know the good from the bad and yoda's like when you are calm passive and i'm just like there now you have your answer because you can force choke someone with the intention of pacifying them and being calm and not tapping into the rage and anger and be completely light-sided. Um, and to touch just a little bit on what Combs said about Luke's character development, um, it, was, it was interesting to see how he acted towards Yoda and in this entire movie, because in the first movie, you know, he was, he was, he was the farm boy and he had just, just got, well, he just accepted his role it, uh, in the Rebel Alliance, but going into Empire, he had lost Obi-Wan, and he had to kind of fully accept the the sole responsibility, because Obi-Wan wasn't there anymore. So he was acting on his own volition to seek out training from Master Yoda, um, and that was the first time ever um, he was separated from Han, Leia, and Obi-Wan, that he was left to his own devices, he was left to his independent thoughts, and that's when the snarky Luke came out as uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And uh, ankle. So I'd like to start with uh, one of the moments in Ember Strikes Back that no one's brought up. Uh, the scene with the X-Wing when Luke is trying to lift it out of the swamp and he can't. And he says that he's he can't because it's too big. And there's just this little green guy, Yoda, who <laughs> goes ahead and he he lifts the X-wing out of the swamp, and it's it's Luke's denial of himself in that moment that is so powerful because when he sees that Yoda, this this small little person, who he would think would be weaker than him, is able to lift the X-wing and move it, I think it it lights a little spark inside of him, like like wow. I really do have that power in me too. And it's it's almost inspiring to me because it's like it's like maybe we could all have that little spark in us, something and it's like everyone has something special and it just feels so touching to me in that terms. And also I like the though it's short and it only comes up in the end of the movie. Of course I love the conflict between Luke and Vader from the entire fight but also after <laughs> yeah but also after he reveals to him that he's his father uh, and he gets his arm cut off and there's the whole I am your father scene Luke screams after he falls through the, the, the pit and that moment when he connects to Leia through the force when he's hanging about to die uh, that was 
that was another moment that was just really great to me because it shows, wow, everyone's telling Luke that he's the last hope for the Jedi and he has to stay. But then we hear that there is another in that one little scene between Yoda and Obi-Wan. And when Luke connects to Leia, it's, it's just foreshadowing that Leia is the other one. Yeah. And I, I like that the foreshadowing there and it just, it, it, I don't know. It's just so amazing to me there where he's able to connect to her. It's a powerful moment to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember being little and watching, well, this, this whole film is introducing us to these unfolding powers and yeah. abilities that we had no idea existed. Um, ghost. Yeah. I mean, the first one, all, all we know is that Obi-Wan disappeared and everyone was, even Vader is like kicking the robe. Like, is he, in there did he get little <laughs> <Yeah>. or like <laughs> um so we saw that we saw him deflect the bolts uh and then we heard obi-wan's voice but but that's it you know we watched this one we see him pull the lightsaber to defeat uh, a giant ice monster which was terrifying to, <laughs> to me mm-hmm. um you know we see him levitating the objects and we there's just so many new little things that we got especially that connection between him and leia two people who are alive so that was just always just really cool to me but yeah watching his um his growth as as a character he did go from being that uh naive uh farm boy to being a naive soldier but he was still very naive and my favorite part is when you know it's it's on dagobah where he's like getting irritated at yoda who's just being a fool um but like he wasn't being a fool for all that long you know what i mean and he's just like starts yelling at him and stuff and yoda's like he's he's impatient you know he's like i don't think he can do this and yoda was half right you know <laughs> like in his experience uh yeah he didn't show the patience he didn't show the humility and even you know he left training he wasn't done um it's it's just fascinating because he also (laughs) he's trying to learn from yoda but he doesn't believe yoda that whole time when and and my mind goes straight to the cave which i was super confused by when i was little personally i just may be dumb but um yoda says don't take your weapons you're not going to need them and he's like, screw you. I'm getting my blaster. I got my lightsaber. <laughs> Tighten the belt even more. <laughs> I'll pick up a stick for an extra weapon just for spite. Uh, yeah, so he <laughs> he drops down in there, sees Vader, and kills him. And Yoda refers to it as a failure. And when I was little, it's like, what? No, but he, he won. Like that's that's not the point. That's and I just there's such these little, little moments that only at the end when he's you know staring down Vader, uh, it the whole fight with Vader he keeps going into progressively smaller and smaller spaces, a wide open chamber, and then into this room, and then to a bridge, and then and there's nowhere to go, and you don't have a hand, and he's probably not realizing. Yeah, Yoda might have been right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it might have been too soon. Uh, but 
Another catalyst from that scene um, was Yoda's words, only what you take with you. So it was very revealing what Luke found in that cave. Um, when he saw Darth Vader, was it what he, he took vengeance with him? He wanted to avenge Obi-Wan um, when he struck him down and saw him himself? Did he see a bit of himself in Darth Vader? Like, what was he taking with him? I thought that was mm -hmm. um, a pretty interesting kind of um, mind-blowing moment to think about in that cave scene. Yeah, and I think, and I think it's also interesting as as Luke's perspective. He's only seen, he's only known really two Jedi because he knew that Darth Vader used to be a Jedi uh, that that killed his father. That's all he knew when he went into that forest, and he saw Obi Wan. So he saw like his two options were to either be like Obi Wan or be like Darth Vader. So him seeing himself in Darth Vader's helmet is that oh, this is something that I could become. Like I'm. This is one of my greatest fears. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I'd like to think that that scene also foreshadows a little bit when he sees himself in Vader and then he gets revealed later on in the movie that Vader is his father. Mm -hmm. It just it shoves him even deeper into that. Do I want to get revenge? Is this my path to go to the darkness? Am I supposed to stay into the light? It's it's the whole movie is just it's really, I like to focus in on his inner struggles there. And when he's revealed by Vader that he is his son, he, he doesn't know where to go. And I think that's just, it's so close to me even, because I'm at a point in my life, like, where do I want to go from here? Because I recently got out of high school a year ago. So it's like, it's, it just, so much of our lives is like, what do we do next? And that's it it's kind of foreshadows in the empire strikes back to me congratulations yeah. and good luck <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh and it, it also kind of foreshadows that, that well the, the lesson that all of us need to have needed to or are still needing to um learn which is that um uh be careful what you wish for right because yeah throughout this throughout the first you know basically he saw he knows that vader killed his dad and he saw vader fighting ben and ben's dead um what's he seeking right now power i need to become a great warrior i need to be able to kill the people who are against me is that the lesson uh you know i'm looking for a great warrior wars do not make one great mm -hmm. like it's Ah, sorry, I can just keep going on this movie, but we, we need to jump jump ahead. All right, Return of the Jedi. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Return of the Jedi, uh, one or two points that jump out of you. We'll start with that element. Uh, well, I mentioned this earlier, but the the things that jump jumped out at me the most was how much he had grown, without us as the audience knowing, kind of like the interim between the movies, because. Like the first time we see Luke, he's wearing black, he's got his robes, he has his own lightsaber, he's using force choke, he's using mind trick, he's doing all of these things that a, like a, a fully fledged Jedi Knight would be doing. And we don't know whether or not he's been training, who has been, who's been training him, um, and what he's been up to uh, since we last saw him. And uh, it was, it was amazing to see that kind of progression in his in his uh, 
his power set. Um, because, and I like to refer to this when people are talking about Ray. Um, you kind of accept it. You kind of accept that in between movies, something happened. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he, he spoke to Yoda, Obi-Wan, um, Force Ghosts, or, and in this case, if you're reading the 2020 run of the comics, did he train with Verla um, to learn the choke techniques? Um, which is something that we, we still have to kind of explore because they've kind of taken a, a, a break from that little narrative, um, which I'm kind of ticked off on. I was just like, <laughs> just let's just get back to Luke and Verla. Um, but in any case, like sticking to the movies, um, there is this huge disparity between Luke in Empire and Luke in Return of the Jedi. He is so sure of himself in front of the guards, in front of Jabba the Hutt, uh, and especially in front of Vader the first time. The Chanel boots. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> confidence, man. Absolutely. <laughs> When you look good, you strut. That's just how it is, you know? <laughs> uh, and, yeah, especially in front of Darth Vader, like, he knows he's his father. And the last time he saw him, he, he lost his hand. He was like, no! And then now he's just like, I'm going to turn you back to the light. You know, um, I see no conflict in you, uh, and I'm not going to fail. And... The most interesting thing about that turn of like his confidence and bravado was that we saw him chip a little because when he, you know, when Vader threatened Leia, uh, Luke lost his stuff. Uh, he, he went in on Vader, uh, struck him down and took off his hand. And that was the first moment, like we knew that he kind of juggled around with, the, with the, his inner darkness. Um, as with all Skywalkers, um, but those are the, the that was the moment that we kind of admittedly said, "Oh, he really does have the capacity to go to the dark side," and we kind of all know that, you know, at some point Lucas had explored that storyline, and even to this day, when when you think about the original title was going to be Revenge of the Jedi, and Mark Hamill was like, "I thought I was going to turn." Uh, <laughs> it's interesting to think about it because it is possible, you know, he's, it's not beyond Luke's character um, and it's not beyond the Skywalker name to have, to latch onto that darkness when your loved one is threatened. And even before the prequels, that was our first, like, wow, like the Skywalker family, the curse of how to react to when your loved one is threatened yeah um, and luke luke was anakin before anakin existed and that was kind of that's kind of crazy to think about um and then of course his um redemption of vader um i'm i'm like recapping the movie i'm sorry guys uh, <laughs> totally no no no, no. It's, it's a great movie chanel boots luke is <laughs> that's no. what that's what stands out to me it's 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 it is beautiful though because like you know even some of the, the simplest type of symbolism where we have uh luke in a new hope wearing mostly white and then in the next movie he's in a gray jumpsuit and in this one he strolls in in black and you're like okay where is this going like mm -hmm. you know uh it's it's so cool but um uh, cole your thoughts on it so return of the jedi 
at one point I'd like to make before I even say anything. This movie is, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it is the most touching to me because Luke is my favorite character and this is where I believe he peaks. So it, it's just, this is the movie that I adore the most. Uh, but what I really like, touching on what Element said, is Luke's confidence in this movie. Uh, he goes from someone who, from A New Hope, was just, like we said, this whiny little kid who we knew there was a spark of something in him, but it hadn't come out yet, to an empire. He's starting to blossom a little bit, and by Return of the Jedi, he's finally come full circle. And just in every moment from negotiating with Jabba to, to even talking with Yoda, you could just see the growth in mm-hmm. in the way he acts, in his confidence with Jabba. He isn't afraid to say what he needs to say when when negotiating over Solo and getting everyone free. And even in the the worst moment, when it comes down to they're about to get dropped into the Sarlacc and there's all these bounty hunters pointing rifles at them, uh, he's still not giving up like... Like let them go, or you're gonna die. He it just shows like, like it's it is a bit of an overconfidence, I think, but it just shows that he believes he can be the best. But then it it comes around into the fight with Vader, and you start to see the cracks in his character. Even though it's like when he starts to break down, it's all in the love for Leia. You start to see wow, like he can really turn, he can go into darkness, but it's it's when he prevails. And even after he just cut off his father's arm and his father is there laying on the ground nearly close to death, he, he says, no, I'm gonna take a stand and I am going to stay with what I feel the truest to in my heart and I am a Jedi. I will not turn down this dark path and it's just something that we should all believe in life because when even when we're in our darkest path we should know that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and we just need to strive to find it and we can't let ourselves go eat ourselves up pretty much which is symbolized to me in the dark side because it eats away at you and luke didn't let it eat away at him and also another thing I want to point out, I love how when he gets shocked with force lightning by Palpatine, he nothing happens to his skin at all. But at the same time, in Revenge of the Sith, when Palpatine shoots his force lightning at Windu's lightsaber and comes back at him, it fries his skin. Is there some sort of explanation to that? Or uh, I, I think um, Palpatine just... is using force conceal on himself to kind of hide the dark side corruption in him, and. Uh... Mm-hmm. When he was when he was when it was recoiling back to him, it kind of just, you know, washed it away. Okay, it's kind of yeah. like a strong makeup wipe. It just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've looked like the entire time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like when Tsunade uh, lets go of her jutsu. And yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I also have. Uh, uh, I, I love I love the points and also Sky Guy uh, T100 in the chat was talking about the line where um, Luke says uh, soon I'll be dead and you'll be dead with me like to the Emperor uh, going harking back to that confidence the thing that really resonates to me is 
why couldn't he left the X-Wing? Because he didn't believe. He didn't believe he could. This time he comes in, he believes he can do anything he wants. Uh, and that's the key difference. And that's the growth over this. And that's why I love the new comic series. We're getting that in between and how he got from one to the other. But um, but Max? Uh, yeah, with the sixth movie, that was uh, uh, my first, like, it was really funny because I saw episode three and then I saw I, I had a VHS box set of the original trilogy and a new hope was missing. So I was like, why not just just go straight to episode six because you know that makes sense um so that was like that was my first original trilogy star wars before i could see a new hope um what i loved about luke now that i've seen all of those movies what i loved about luke the most is the set it sets up for the audience of like oh this he's he's on top of the world he's at his peak of power and and he has become what because the, the term Jedi had not been like fully formed and defined at that point to, to understand it fully. Uh, so everyone is like, Oh, he's like, he's now a Jedi. This is what we consider like a Jedi master or, or whatever. Um, and what I love is the reminder that he is still human, uh, especially in that last moment when he's just wailing on Darth <laughs> Vader, that, that, he's he even if he is he's done all of this training he still has that humanity within him and i think that was like the basis of writing for anakin as well is that even if no matter how you know powerful emotionless he gets there is that humanity that spark of humanity within him that can lead to the dark side that can lead to a moment like i'm going to just rip off the limbs of darth vader like luke um and I, I love that moment because one, it does, it, it instills that hope of like, even at your darkest moment, like like Cole said, even at your darkest moment, you can come back from it. Um, but also it's it's okay to be human, even if you've done all of these things. There, it's not something that you can escape, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, both Luke and Vader come back from their darkest moment. Yeah. Right there, mm-hmm. so. And I think uh, Vader came back a little bit earlier and then something that... Uh, the sequels kind of helped with um, in the rise of Skywalker when he says, I made the proposal to Luke and he had his father to save him. So when you think, when you look back and this is what I love about kind of like retro retrospective viewings, when you look back at the return of the Jedi and Vader stops Luke from striking him down. He's like, is that, ba- is that Vader or is that Anakin? He's like, no, he's going to take over your body. Stop it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just uh, crazy to think about like how, how that, that one line in the rise of Skywalker completely changes everything about the return of the Jedi and gives even more weight to how Luke says there is no, co- I, like there's still good in you. Like, I, I feel it. And it was in that moment like for me it was in that moment where he saved him from you know becoming palpatine's host um and then obviously vader says uh there is no conflict and that's when vader came back but i think that in that moment he was anakin okay i I, like a a self-denying anakin that's like no 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 i've already like thelma and louise this like we're going over the cliff it's done Uh, (laughs) uh it's too late for me uh, so next on this on the list, um, well, just just real quick. I mean, the moment you touched on earlier, Cole, when he throws down the lightsaber and says, "I'm a Jedi like my father," um, 
happens here and it's it's so beautiful and so powerful and it is the extension of the cave scene where Yoda tells him you don't need your weapons don't bring them right he almost gave into the dark side because he had the opportunity to because he had his weapons a second ago he was saying soon you'll be dead and me along with you like he wasn't going to do anything um so he finally realized that lesson threw his lightsaber away and was like okay this is it you know Mm -hmm. um and and i love that and that's it, it echoes backwards and forwards so beautifully uh, and I, I just I just love it. So Return of the Jedi was my favorite for a very long time. Um, and then slowly Empire creeped up and like things kind of jostled around. Uh, also, also, go ahead. Uh, well, it also goes back to Yoda saying in the, the cave too, uh, only what you take with you. And in that moment, he took with him, he was a Jedi and his father was a Jedi. And so Vader was no longer Vader. He was Anakin. I like that a lot. He was carrying his father's goodness with him, not his father's darkness. Whew. Sorry, that's that's beautiful. Um, I also wanted to touch on um, on Vader's funeral at the end. Um, and then we, we see the Force ghosts. And I remember being little. This is before we had Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is before the prequels. And so uh, I was always like, who is that guy? <laughs> Am I supposed to know him? <laughs> so that, that always just, just makes me laugh. Uh, but I, I do love the scene because, you know, his uh, he followed his heart and it paid off. You know, he had opposed, um, you know, Yoda, what Yoda and Obi-Wan had said before and was wrong. This time he opposed them and was right, but it was because his heart was in the right place and not seeking revenge or evil. Uh, but it also harkens back to the destructive, the potentially destructive nature of um, attachments and how they can make you do things that you would normally be out of character because you're trying to protect someone else. Anyways, so I put TFA on the list. I know he's only in the movie for <laughs> like four seconds tops, but... <laughs> Um, this is something four seconds. it was a powerful four seconds. Um, I'm curious on your thoughts of a the four seconds and B um, the concept of having uh, JJ's concept of having Luke not there. He, he's run away. You know, I mean, a lot of people, um, I mean, personally, I think a lot of us here enjoy the last Jedi, but um, a lot of people say that that decision was Ryan Johnson's, and I, I do like to point out, like, no, we set this up in The Force Awakens. He had a student that ruined things. He left, and, and all this stuff. So, uh, and the whole film, I mean, Luke Skywalker is missing is the first sentence of the crawl. So, the four seconds he's there, and the rest of the time he's not there. Any thoughts jump out at you guys? We'll start with Element. Uh, I mean, obviously there are things that jump out at me now, having like seen the, the other two movies and having read Rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, but I think the only thing I'm going to say is that he says so much in four seconds with that one look 
than I think he ever said in all of the original trilogy. Just that one look. If you read into his expression, uh, you'll get the same feeling that I did. Like when he looked at Ray, and there was just this moment of silence. It was like, oh my gosh, he's telling a story right now. Uh, and that was a very powerful four seconds. And it, it's the, the reason why I left the theater kind of like pissed, like initially, because I was like, come on, give me more. You like, know what we want. <laughs> you know what I want. Give it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's all I'll say about that. Very powerful four seconds. All right. And uh, Master Nath? So, I would like to say that I, the the child dream in me wanted to go into The Force Awakens. I knew that Luke wasn't going to have a major role in it because he wasn't in the, the advertising and the trailers and all that. But, I don't know. The child in me just wished that we would go into that movie with... I didn't know any of the... The books going into it anything like that i went into the movie with a clean slate and i just wanted to see luke's new jedi order this that and that was the child in me but looking ahead now i see that there wasn't much more that they could have done with luke because they needed to introduce this new generation of characters that they wanted to introduce but that, that's enough of that going into that that four seconds that he's on screen like what element said Mark in the sequels in general, his performance yeah. is amazing. It's the best acting in Star Wars, easily. And the emotion in just in his eyes in that moment, it like like Element said, it, it tells a whole nother story. And you just you could see that the conflict in Luke and he knows that there's something special about this girl standing in front of him. But now I know this now. I didn't know this then. But looking back on it now, it's just, you know, the pain of what his past is just coming back to him in that moment. He knows that he's going to have to face it now. And he's he's in denial in that moment. And it's just so powerful to me. And the, the stare is just, it's just so beautifully shot, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah love it. And last but not least, Max? Yeah, I, uh, just in that four seconds... Uh, I love that four seconds because I can see you can see it going through like Luke's head. I don't want to be Yoda. Um, I don't want to give I don't want I don't want this journey to have this loop. I don't want to become the the old the the old because he because one Yoda was a great master, but he also saw how Yoda's pain like like hurt him all, all of the being the the last Jedi master and being the last of, of, of being so alone and isolated for so long. And he's realizing that he is becoming that as well. Um, and, and so I think that the, the, there is so much bittersweetness in that, especially when I saw it, cause, cause everyone in the theater was like cheering and I was like, this is a really sad dude. He looks so sad right now. <laughs> um, but it, in terms of like, Luke being missing I think it creates a really like interesting I love the idea that in that first sentence the first thing you get is Luke something happened and Luke failed and I really really love that um 
because it also creates this idea of of legend. I know we're not going to go into legends, but this idea that Luke Skywalker is now a legend um, and is now like people can create this symbol of hope around him. And, and that has created this idea that if you find Luke Skywalker, you'll save the world. And I think that leads perfectly into The Last Jedi. Yeah. Man, beautifully said. Uh, it, it just, I don't know, it just kills me. You guys like, every time I, I do an episode, there's always just like thoughts that I have, but I don't know that I have until someone else like puts them together and like this, I'm like, oh yeah, that came from my mind. I, your your mouth, but my mind or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, but for, for me, uh, and, and you guys have, very beautifully touched on you know the brief time that he's in the film um so i'll I'll talk about when he's not in the film and they had a monumental task of the intention was this to be you know the next star wars for for the new generation we're bringing these new characters in and all this stuff um how do you do that without luke taking over the whole movie like he's so charismatic and like cool that as soon as he's on stage, you're like, "What's this guy doing? What's he up to?" You know what I mean? Um, and so they even I did a bunch of research to find out what George Lucas was originally planning, and even then, those writers had what they called the Luke problem of how do we make how do we not make Luke the main character? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so while I wasn't originally on board with, you know, Luke being in exile, I understand the purpose of it and, and it works, you know, it does work and it does follow his story. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it absolutely works. And then that, you know, last second, I almost wish didn't happen. Um, and I, I'll say it for a reason, because I feel like the, the Last Jedi could have taken place a little bit further away, but we had to find out the end of that scene, you know what I mean? And that kind of forced them to butt the movies up together, you know? That's my only thing, uh, but I, I, still, I still love it. And um, like you said, Cole, Mark Hamill's performance is the best part of all of Star Wars together like it is and i feel like all those years of playing the joker made him just the best actor ever (laughs) and i I don't know how to explain it but like if you can go that wacky then it just gives you you could do anything (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) um speaking of the last jedi let's get started uh this this one i gotta let max take it away because i know this is your number one (laughs) Um, don't, don't worry, man. Just, just, just go off. I mean, I know, I know for myself and element, it's our number two. Um, I'm not sure where it ranks for you, Cole. Um, uh, it's a little bit lower on my end, but I just, I have positive stuff to say. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No worries. No, Uh, by the way, the goal is not to change your mind or make it your favorite or anything. We're just talking awesome things about Luke. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have, I have no intention of changing anyone's opinion on The Last Jedi. I've mentioned that in multiple TikToks. Um, yeah, I I love Luke and The Last Jedi so, so much because I think it makes 
I think him falling to into exile, uh, like you said, makes perfect sense. Um, I, I've like mulled this over in my head uh, over and over and over again, because I think a lot of people, like I said in, in at the beginning, I think it, a lot of people see themselves within Luke, especially those who are exposed to the original trilogy, like they saw it in theaters or at a very young age, and they can see themselves as, as the hero of the story. And no one wants to see themselves fail. No one wants to see it, it. No one wants to see themselves like fall to to darkness or whatever. And I think what I what I enjoyed so much about Luke's writing is is because it never really escaped what he was originally. Um, he was a he was a boy in a in a on a farm who wanted to be something greater than himself. Um, and when he was given that opportunity, he did the best that he could, but he is still a, a human and everyone fails at everything. But I think the, the beautiful thing about how Luke articulates his failure as a Jedi is that his hope turned into idealism. He, he allowed his, his hope to turn into something greater than, than realism and what, what could actually happen. And because of that, he failed. And we could talk about how like Snoke or, or Emperor Palpatine or whatever got to, got to Kylo Ren before Luke did. And there was always darkness, but I think it, it exemplifies uh, how, like I said before, Luke is a human being and, and sometimes failure, sometimes when you fail, you fail hard. Um, and, and in those dark moments, sometimes you want to give up. And, and the unfortunate part is that Luke did. Uh, uh, and, and in the return of the Jedi, he didn't give up, but this is something, there is a difference between, you know, trying to get your father from darkness and trying to get, you know, your son, your sister's son from darkness because, because there's so many more degrees of, of, of failure within that. Um, and, and I think I don't want to talk everyone's ear off about this. So <laughs> I will, I'll sort of wrap it up kind of, and I, I apologize for talking so long already. I, I think it is a truly beautiful thing how they wrote his character, especially when they were discussing the, the hubris of the Jedi in that, in that, um, sacred cave i don't remember what it was called um be, because it is it is luke who allowed he's he's allowed himself to fall to cynicism it's it's an old man who's who's lived a life that almost no one else can in that universe can like compare themselves to especially becoming a legend um and and he has allowed himself to lose hope because he feels like his hope has gone gotten too big uh, and also the twin, the, the binary sons at the, at the end of his arc in that movie makes me cry every time. Doesn't matter how many times I've seen, I've seen it. It is truly one of the most beautiful moments in all of Star Wars for me. <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome. I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, an element. This movie did so much uh for as little as it it did so much to kind of reconcile itself with the rest of the story and i don't know if a lot of people got it uh on their first viewing um and i certainly didn't you know i had to watch it a couple of times but i i realize now that it is my favorite movie not because well largely because of luke but because it's the only movie well, the originals couldn't, but it's the only movie that we that we get after the prequels that acknowledges the prequels. Uh, 
So a lot of people kind of latch onto this. They're not mentioning Anakin. They're afraid of saying his name, but like they're kind of taking the whole story, the whole narrative of the prequels and kind of putting it in Luke's lap and saying, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think of the fall of the Jedi Order? Do you think they, they screwed up? Um, and, you know, the, the spoiler alert, they did. Um, and just as Lucas says, Star Wars rhymes, it was the fall of an order that drove two masters to exile. And I love that kind of parallelism between Yoda and Luke. And Yoda, obviously, he had great intentions for the order. Um, it was his it was his laser focus on the Clone Wars and, and just losing sight of what it meant to be a Jedi that caused the fall of the order um, in the prequels. And for Luke, uh, it was like uh, like Max mentioned, his his lack of pragmatism and his and his latching on to an idealism of trying to rebuild what the Jedi Order once was. And the fact that it was his effort to rebuild what failed that made him fail. And then he's like, if you strip away the myth and look at their deeds, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're really mentioning that the Jedi sucked back then. <laughs> um, and that's like one of the greatest things that, that I thought came out of The Last Jedi because... You know, it, it's it's tough to kind of reconcile with a failure back then. And um, Luke's character in here is just exacerbated even more when you think about the curse of, of the Skywalker name or the Skywalker legacy. Expectation after expectation thrust up. Uh, oh, you, uh, you're, you're, you're muted now. I think, yeah. um, hey, when did I when did I go mute? Th uh, the word thrust <laughs> <laughs> okay um the curse of the skywalker story and the legacy unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. uh thrust upon anakin as the chosen one thrust upon luke as the legend who saved the galaxy and you fail once with those kinds of expectations, you're gonna fall hard. And he took that literally, as Max said, you, you, you're gonna fail hard. Um, and it was such a moment of realism that I didn't, I didn't expect that I wanted to see from Luke. Cause I knew he was gonna fail, he was in exile. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But just like his, his cynicism and his, uh, the way he is talking to Ray about just like, oh, I, I can't do this, you know. The Jedi have to end. This is some like deep stuff. Yeah. Some conclusions that you don't expect Luke to come to. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that it all comes back to my favorite moment from The Last Jedi when he stares down the First Order and he confronts Ben. The most important thing about that scene is that he is confronting Ben in the way he should have before he failed. So he confronts Ben, draws his saber, realizes it's a mistake, and fails, loses Ben. Uh, on crate, he confronts Ben with zero violent intentions, just as a projection. And then you think, wow, he is, this is his redemption. He is confronting Ben nonviolently the way he should have been and nonviolently as a Jedi should. 
and then just to touch on what Max said uh, in his in his uh, points. As real quick, binary. that's that's a, another thing of don't take your weapons; you won't need them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in the binary sunset scene, where he's um, when he is finally accepted that his time is done, and he has and he has fulfilled his role. Like it, it makes me cry when I read the novelization because there's an extra part that just like drives it home completely. Is that like he's looking off and he's just he's ready to go, and then there's the voice, "Let go." Like, Obi Wan, what are you doing, man? Why you gotta make me, why you gotta make me feel this way? <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, I just love the Last Jedi and what what it did for Luke's character and and just the ability they had to to not make him the main character but still give him a challenge to overcome that was just incredible yeah absolutely and uh and cole your thoughts on it okay so i definitely don't have as much to say as element and max uh i've only (laughs) no no human does Uh, I've only seen The Last Jedi twice, so so one of those viewings being today, so I, I'm pretty fresh on it, uh, but I'm going to say what I expected going in, the, the bubbly, oh my god, this is the new Star Wars movie, Luke Skywalker is coming back, child in me, wanted to see Luke do some crazy f- force powers and have epic battles and just be the perfect hero but and that's what I expected going in and that's why I personally felt so let down because I just built this I built this thought in my head after watching Return of the Jedi and even reading some of Legends as a kid that Luke Skywalker was just perfect but what I what I do like about what they did with Luke is some of I I am still not a big fan of him from the very start in the Force Awakens being written to be gone and having lost everything. But what I do like is it feels almost like a passing of the torch because yeah. it it's Luke stepping into the role of his mentor and passing down the role that we saw him in in the original trilogy over to the next generation in Rey which is which is just really great to me besides that there's not that much that I really love I really like some of the moments like the scene where he first really meets back up with R2 and they have a little mm. bit of banter between each other. That That's, that's what just, got me. That's what got me. Yeah. <laughs> that's great to me. Um, I'm not too keen on the way. He, I mean, I'm not too fond with the way that he went out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. E- even the first time I watched it, I thought if, when I knew that eventually I was going to have to watch Luke Skywalker die in this trilogy. But I really thought that it would pull on my heartstrings and make me feel a lot more emotional than it did. I I was kind of a blank slate watching Luke die, and I 
I don't know what it was. I, I was expecting this almost like what happened with Han, like this super mm-hmm. traumatic, like action packed death. I, I almost thought, you know, the line where he says, what do you expect me to go out with a laser sword and face down the whole first order? I, when I first saw him come onto crate, I thought that's what was going to happen. And in my mind, I, I thought, oh my God, he's about to come face down the first order, the whole first order with a laser sword. And I thought what was going to happen was he was going to like lift up all these walkers and like soldiers with the force and just crush them all but get stabbed by Ben or something like, like that was going to happen. And it was going to be this big action packed, emotional death for Luke where he saves everyone, but he has to sacrifice himself. But looking back now, I looked at when I saw it today, I, I like what Max said. I looked at the more subtle things like the score in the background and the, and just the, the theme of the binary sunset that, that was that's all very beautiful to me but i i really i'm torn on the force projection death i don't know how i feel about it mm-hmm. i i really don't have much of a deeper thought about it but i i just haven't seen this movie enough to really give an educated yeah and analysis and that's that's totally fine that's one of the reasons you know i wanted to, to make sure i mean so the reason I, I love having you here is because you have a different opinion and none of us here are, we don't, we don't attack people for not, yeah. <laughs> for not having the same agreement. You know what I mean? Um, I will admit that on my first viewing, I thought like, you know, I didn't have time to kind of process it in that scene when he got stabbed by Kylo. I was like, I wasn't thinking projection at that point. Like just like the hot take was like, Yo, he's this powerful. He's absorbing a light super Oneness without dying. Like, are we seeing this right now? That's what that was my hot take. I was like, so prepared. This is Naruto and he's Toby and he's teleporting uh, part of his body away. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I, so I, I also, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I was actually shocked um, to find out that anyone didn't personally, uh, which is not, it's not wrong. It's not right. You know, a lot of my friends didn't enjoy it. Uh, but when I watch, when I watch Luke and how he talks about the legend of the Jedi and the legend of Luke Skywalker, it resonated with me so much because for me, my hero was Luke Skywalker. Um, you know what I mean? That's what I grew up with. And Luke Skywalker was meant to represent me watching these films. The, the big change comes if you are the current group of children watching this movie to grow up to know how to love it. Luke Skywalker is not you. Uh, ben is you, or Ray is you. Luke Skywalker is your dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, and it, and it's like when you grow up, and like personally, I grew up and I realized my parents didn't know what they were doing this entire time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of I don't know. That's that's kind of what what it felt like to me. 
And, you know, he acknowledges like, man, there was no way I could fail because I was the legend of Luke Skywalker. And it's like, but, but I'm, a, I'm a person. Um, and I remember, I know, it, it resonates with me personally from my own personal family experience where my mom, you know, when I was like 16 or 17, I, I was viewing my parents as these beings or parents and i was like no i'm i'm a, I'm a person <laughs> you know what i mean i'm a person and my name is anakin um <laughs> <laughs> and so so that that aspect i really enjoyed um his death uh the, the binary sunset that actually wasn't what got to me um what got to me is what happened before he walks in and so before this whole time, he separated himself from, he was saying that the Jedi need to be separated from the galaxy because we keep repeating the same thing over and over again and it's not working. You know what I mean? Like, stop it. <laughs> um, separated himself from, from the Jedi, from the Force, from his family and his attachments, his friends, um, and from his own, like, kind of hero's journey of, of being this person that inspires hope um and so how this movie took luke and they reconnected him with the force reconnected him with his family they reconnected him with the galaxy they put him right in the prime seat of this conflict like he said he was not going to be um they make him inspire hope uh, for the entire next generation and let Ray know that she can, she can do what she's trying to do. And he did all of this stuff without ever becoming the main character of this film. I thought that was incredible. And Mark Hamill's performance is just, when he's facing down Kylo Ren, and after one of the swipes and he spins back and he looks up and he has tears in his eyes. That's what got me. Mm. That, it wasn't the death. It was that part of, I failed you. You know, him saying to Leia, I'm not here to save him. And then him saying, I failed you were two very powerful things because he recognized I failed. But just because I failed doesn't mean it's over. And he says, when I'm gone, I will not have, I will not be the last Jedi. And when Yoda died, he said, when I'm gone, you will be the last Jedi. Like the mirroring of those two scenes, just powerful to me. If you can rewatch all of Luke's scenes on Dagobah in Empire and Return of the Jedi, and then watch The Last Jedi, I think it's and it just it just hits different it just hits different <laughs> yeah and like discussing quick like thing about like parallels what i loved about the binary sunset specifically is when we first saw the binary sunset scene in episode four it's this wide expansive open space that's that's like it shows mm -hmm. the hor the full horizon and then when we watch it 
in at the end of the last jedi it's this almost small just this quiet small moment between him and the sunset there's no huge horizon among him it's almost i don't remember the exact look of the shot but it looks like it's coming from like the shot is coming from in the cave inside the cave outward and and just in the brilliance of, of, of Ryan Johnson, it shows that Luke has now a better understanding of his universe, of his world, and, and what he has done. And his adventure has come to a closing door. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Audible mentioned to the, um, the Yoda, his final lesson. Yeah. Teaching himself the lesson he needed to learn as well, coming from his own failure from the Jedi Order. Uh, and my favorite quote from that scene is like, we are what they grow beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the burden of all masters. It's like, yo, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. Yoda's always so deep. And that goes back to that. This is, this is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to have your, your kids be better than you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I was like, and uh, Miss, Miss Aggie, uh, Marilou in the chat talks about when she last time her and her husband watched it they were both let out loud sniffles on opposite sides of the room (laughs) 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 just 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 because of all the feels and so i i just i I love it um and then also it means it hits different now but him saying goodbye to princess leia and giving her the dice like she died after this movie and that is Never mind. I'm not even gonna talk about it. Um, <laughs> I cried last week. I'm not gonna cry this week. All right. Damn it. Um, anyways, There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I cry no. all the time. <laughs> all right. So we get to the rise of Skywalker. Right. This is again a short cameo, but we get we get Luke still having a growth. Luke's dead, and he's still having a growth arc. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, element uh, your your thoughts on it oh man uh i just love the way that the way that he came in obviously i expected him i think it was like i was 95 percent sure he was gonna come in catching that lightsaber um but the way he came in the the music swelling and just the the lesson he teaches ray is kind of like an echo of the lesson that you know Yoda had tried to impart in um, in his last lesson in The Last Jedi. Um, but it was also mixed in with this whole kind of revelation that he kind of knew who she was after, I think it, it came after he had reconnected with the Force. And he said that Leia knew um, and she saw your spirit. Um, it was a very touching moment, especially when he says um, some things are stronger than blood. And it's kind of like the way I see it, Luke in that very moment um, had finally realized that he is and everyone is stronger than their lineage. Um, He's not going to be or he was not going to be tethered by the legacy of his father and the legacy of his failure. And he was just going to be Luke in that very moment. And when he returned, it was kind of like, like a revelation for for Ray, and, and just being like, "Listen, we all have this 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 legacy that's just tethered to our blood lineage. You 
You don't have to accept that. You you choose what you who you want to be, and you choose the legacy you want to lead and the legacy you want to leave. Um, and it was a very powerful moment for him to kind of pass on that torch with Ray and just tell her, this is your trial. And uh, then we get to see that she had passed it and become a Jedi Knight. Um, but the last thing I'll say is just all of the feels in the room times 1000 when he finally lifts his X-Wing and the music swells um, with Yoda's theme. And I was just like, finally, finally, <laughs> he did it. My boy, he did it. Oh, it was so good. Absolutely. And then uh, Cole? So uh, my favorite part about Lou coming back is when he catches the lightsaber because it just feels like he's coming full swing from where he was at the very beginning of The Last Jedi when we saw him when he throws it backwards. And, well, I'm not a big fan of the theme of The Rise of Skywalker. I do like the message that Luke is giving to Rey that, like Element said, some things are just stronger than blood. And it, it who you are... And what your family and the, the the name of what you're expected to be is that that doesn't have to be you. You are who you are, and he. I like that he just really chose her that she could shape her own path and be who she needs to be because she's so lost in what am I. Like, what is my path? Who am I? And I think that through his own growth throughout that trilogy, he's able to tell her that she it can be who she needs to be because he found himself again in The Last Jedi and he knew that he needed to... Well, see, I can't really talk about this because I just haven't seen it enough. <laughs> I, I... No, it's, it's, it's no worries. It's no worries. But I've, on, I, I've, I've only seen The Rise of Skywalker once. Uh, but like he twice, says there, <laughs> like he says there, no one is really gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, Max, your thoughts on it? Yeah. Quick, quick tangent. I, I think I love I saw Rise of Skywalker in theaters and right before the movie started I leaned over to the person I was seeing it with and I said I'm gonna guess it right now raise a Palpatine and the moment that was revealed I almost <laughs> stood up and started cheering for myself I just thought it was a great a great little thing um but I think uh I think Luke's appearance in in that scene with Ray is is a perfect message to like a lot of a lot of young people going going through different emotional stuff right now because he Luke basically said I know it's it's terrifying that we in our worldview we only really know our family legacy but we are never defined by that and that's sort of like repeating what everyone has said but I what I really appreciated about that was uh it wasn't him saying like 
you aren't disrespecting your your family name. What you are doing is saying that you are above it. Uh, uh, you can still you can still you know you don't have to completely denounce who you are. It's about being being who you are, not defined by a legacy. And I think the beautiful moment of of Ray, who is the granddaughter of of Palpatine, and Luke, who is the son of Darth Vader, having this little moment between between each other of of we if if we were not who we were who we are we would be defined by evil we would be defined by one of the most two of the most powerful sith lords in all of canon history um um and and nothing past that but because we rose above it and and we became luke skywalker and ray skywalker we are you know we are our own people. And I think that was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I love him catching the lightsaber. It was, I felt like some like very heavy metal music should play when, when he does it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that moment as well. I mean, um, I've, I've heard complaints that, no, you shouldn't be able to interact with the physical world. But like, no, like Obi-Wan's been doing that since Return of the Jedi. Like, come on. He brushed aside like trees and sat on a log, you know. Um, they're standing <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> I, I've never even had that thought before because it's never even, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it hasn't that never occurred mind. to me. Either. Yoda caused a thunderstorm with his mind. That, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, that, people complained about that too. And that really never occurred to me either. I always just figured that Force ghosts were able to interact with the physical world and use the Force though. Like, it never. It's, yeah, I was just thought of it as like using the, the, the nature side of the Force, just like the Bendu does in, in Rebels. But yeah. um, no, no, as, as, aside from that, um, it, and I will say, just for posterity, my um, Rise of Skywalker is actually my least favorite movie. It, it's moved to the bottom of the list. Rogue One was the bottom of the list. This is really, but in in my last, oh, that's surprising. Uh, actually, after I did the Rogue One podcast, talking to Rogue One fans, it's actually bumped it up, and there's like new insights I, I didn't notice before. Um, but that being said. I love this moment because it shows what what Luke has come to learn from from his last failure, meaning that there's always something to learn and you're never done. No, no one is ever done growing and, and changing. And it's just I know it's just like a really cool message. And I, I hope uh, and I'm not not to pick on, on you, Cole, but especially when when you're young, it's. I felt the pressure that I needed to know exactly what I was doing, where I was going, who I was going to be after high school. And I should have already been putting four or five years into building that up. And that's mm -hmm. wrong. Like the, the world that you enter into when you are 15, 16, 17 is not the world that you live in when you're 25, 26, 27. Yeah. Um, and I'm, <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm beyond that. And and so Luke got to realize a, a bunch of different things of, okay, yes, there is failure, but the failure doesn't define you. And even more so, this isn't your failure. It's, it's, it's your grand, it's your relative's failure. It has nothing to do with you. And the overall message of Star Wars being that you are 
who you choose to be doesn't matter if you're born a random slave on a random desert planet or if you are related to the formerly most powerful person in the entire galaxy you are who you choose to be and so that that meant a lot to me um again this was not wasn't my favorite movie but um i really appreciate the, the lessons taught uh throughout it and another thing is talking to people who there's a lot of people who this is their favorite star wars movie um they were ostracized or cast out from their family for different reasons um and they found the family in others and this movie means everything to them and hearing them talk about it so passionately has changed my heart a thousand percent on it as well uh so yeah i i i enjoy it but now all right so we've gotten through the movies we now have the entire skywalker saga and i can say the entire skywalker saga because they're all dead um Oh, there's not gonna be there's, there's, there's no more blood sky it's, it's not gonna continue you know what I mean uh, <laughs> so anyone who's mad that Ben died uh, Miss Aggie I'm looking at you uh, in, in the chat um, I'm not mad because they told us this was the end of the Skywalker saga he was a blood Skywalker he had to end anyways now that we have this all what can we take and put all together Where's your overall takeaways or thoughts or um, my notes closed down? What did I say? Um, <laughs> your thoughts on on the entire theme of you know what what it, the the light on family and on redemption? And I'll go to uh, Nicole first. Okay, so first of all, you said what what were you said the themes that we're gonna say here? Light, uh, redemption, and what was that? He, Oh, or you can actually remove the light and replace it with the force. Right? We have the force, we have the family, and we have redemption. Okay, so... And toss in legacy if you want. Okay. <laughs> so, first of all, with the, the family and the force together, he has these great expectations because of the Skywalker name and because that coming in Yoda and Obi-Wan know who he is or what he's supposed to be and he doesn't and they're it almost feels like they're trying to shape him into what he needs to be throughout the original trilogy and while they're putting him on the right path I, I wouldn't even agree with that. I, I personally tend to disagree with Yoda and Empire Strikes Back and in general throughout all of Star Wars prequels. I'm not going to go into that, though. But, yeah. I, I would just... love to broach that at some point. But, yeah, not, not right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I like that Luke the whole time is just, it's his story. He's trying to find his own path and although he has people guiding him on the right way well he's well they're guiding them he's seeing the flaws in them and in himself and in all the people around him and he's slowly breaking down what happened in the past and why he's on this path and like 
just how he is able to come full circle and realize I can step above my own expectations and of myself that I had even stemming back all the way from a new hope. He, his greatest expectation in a new hope was I'm going to go to the Academy. And Mm -hmm. here he is now at the end of return of the Jedi standing in front of the most powerful being in the galaxy, telling him to take his place. And he knows that his situation is almost hopeless, but now he's here in a place where he can say, no, I know who I am. I've gone on this journey and I want to stay in the light, no matter what that means for me. My, I know my father uh, still has this in him and it's, this is who I am. I'm going to stay in the light. And that's, that's one of the themes that's so great to me, which like we talked about before, they were going to lead towards Luke going to the dark. I, I wouldn't have liked that because I think it would have just torn apart mm-hmm. that whole, his, the whole theme of his character is finding yourself. And in terms of the force itself, um, I don't have much to say there because we all know his potential and his story, I mean, not his story, his family's bloodline and how they have the highest metachlorian counts, da, da, da. But what I do like about the Force is the way that he progresses throughout the original trilogy. It, it feels, I know that he, at the end of A New Hope, he uses the Force to send a torpedo down a shaft and this and that, but it feels almost, his progression feels slow to me, especially as once we get mm-hmm. into Dagobah, he, he slowly picks up subtle aspects. And I see this, a lot of people say with Ray too, that she's overpowered. I don't think so. I see with both of them, they, they slowly step into their abilities. And that's what I love is it's not just like this person can do all of this. It's they're finding their selves while they're also finding these abilities that they have. Yeah. Which I, I've always thought was great. Yeah. It's, and, it's, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I, I, I don't have much more to say. Well, it, it, it's always struck me that uh, t- to me, Ray and Luke seem to be in a perfect amalgamation of Anakin, of Anakin wanting to go out and experience the galaxy and become this great warrior, but he loves his family and he always wants to protect them. Uh, Luke was all about, okay, I want to be just like my dad, and that turned into him wanting to be this great warrior. Ray was always, oh man, I, I want family and I want to belong, and I want to know I belong somewhere. And it's just it's splitting apart those two items, which I thought was, I, I've always enjoyed myself. Um, but yeah, uh, Max, your thoughts on them? I said uh, the Force family redemption. Yeah, I, redemption legacy. is a really interesting. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting looking at Luke's character in terms of like legacy uh, uh, slash redemption because when it came out, no one had any idea what Skywalker meant. Um, and, and now, you know, 30, 40, almost 50 years later, Skywalker has become such a, a synonymous name with, with synonymous something, something grammar, uh, a synonymous term with, with hope and, and balance and power. And I think what's so interesting is how uh, uh, the, 
one of the cultural legacy has developed, but also how it's really only like three generations. Like mm-hmm. Shmi Skywalker was, was uh, you know, inconsequential other than creating Anakin Skywalker and, and Anakin Skywalker created the Skywalker name. So it's really interesting how it's had this legacy of a very powerful Jedi turned Sith and how that has trickled into this, this family, family name um, just in terms of canon. Uh, but what I always find interesting about Luke's arc and, and sort of the Skywalker curse is, is something that, that element has, has mentioned. What I think the Skywalker curse is, is how the Jedi consistently fail Skywalkers. Um, <laughs> I made a 10 part series on TikTok about how the Jedi failed Anakin and just in general about the, like Jedi as, as this organized group. I think it's interesting how, um, as, as you develop the, the, the idea of doing what's best for the Jedi sort of perverts and changes in all these different ways, because the, the moment that, that Luke failed in, in terms of like the last Jedi is the exact moment that he realized he was about to kill his nephew for the betterment of the Jedi and not for, for the betterment of the universe. He was like, the only way to fix the Jedi is if I kill my sister's son. And, and I think that's where he realized, like, what am I doing? What, this isn't for the light side of the force. This is for this, this whatever title of, of Jedi. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing when looking at the Skywalkers is, is how, how they change the, the word Jedi and how, how Jedi have changed with the Skywalkers is something that's really interesting to me. Uh, and then what was the other thing you said? Family? Family. I mean, you don't have to comment on all of it. Just whatever you would like, or whatever you know pops off to you. Yeah, I, that's a very cute dog. Um, I think in terms of like family and redemption, that it's both the sense of identity is is I make the Skywalker name what I want to make it. Luke, Luke changed the name Skywalker from being associated with Anakin turned Darth Vader to to Luke Skywalker, and how Ray is going to change it to to whatever she sees fit. Of of I am not. Like we said with the Rise of Skywalker um, discussion, I am not I, I am not defined by this legacy. I make I make what Skywalker needs to be for me. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I'm for it. Thank you. I support you. it. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, Pep. So I'm probably gonna talk about all three of these concepts, kind of like in tandem with each other. Before we had the whole saga. It was simply good versus evil, like in terms of the force, um, family, like, you know, your father is evil, bring him back to good. Um, and that requires him to redeem himself. And the force is just the light side versus the dark side, good versus evil. And then the whole saga comes out and you have the story of Anakin and you have all of these nuances with the Jedi feeling Anakin and the Jedi feeling Luke you realize there's so much middle ground there that you just can't you know you you can't in it like inherit such a binary um uh perspective on the force family and redemption and i think i think because i don't want to talk too long about this is the 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 whole theme of the skywalker legacy slash curse is that they were always destined to struggle with the balance 
in general. It wasn't. It wasn't just the balance in the in, in the living force or the cosmic force. It was balance between within themselves, because they were products of the force, and that's why it makes so much sense that at the very end, in order to bring balance even further, is that the whole family had to return to the force and become one with it. So like, yeah, I know. Like like you said, uh, Choco with uh eggy like if you thought ben should have lived like i'm i'm perfectly okay with it because you know that is the like in all honesty like if i had to sum it up the, the legacy of the skywalker family is sacrifice and being products of the force it was only it was only apropos that they returned to it when their job was done and that was the end of the skywalker legacy and so having the whole saga there is just kind of like it, it's kind of like going into college and, and then going into your adulthood years and just seeing so much more nuance than there was before when everything was just black and white yeah oh yeah I, I i mean that hits that hits deep because it, for for tons of reasons i mean when this whole thing started that's what it was as a simple black and white and i mean simple as in the concept was stolen from old westerns where the good guys were white hats the bad guys were black hats and that's how you know who's good and who's bad um you know when this started luke wore white vader wore black good guy versus bad guy light versus dark good against evil very simple but star wars is such a a well-developed universe that it is you're you're pulling up these layers and then you're like well what does it mean to be good if 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 you're being good to this entity or being good to that entity and those things conflict what happens and that's what the last jedi was about is yes if you follow what if you were trying to follow the jedi and prevent the same issue that the Jedi ran into, you would kill Ben. But is it right? No. <laughs> what do you do when what you when two of your beliefs are at are diametrically opposed to one another? I I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's crazy. And uh, apparently I'm being raided with a party of nine. I don't even know what that means, but. <laughs> um, yours to your channel. No, it's, it's, uh, but it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, this, this concept of, um, I, I, I said the light because they were focused on, on the light side of the force, but um, the way that Luke teaches Ray the Force in The Last Jedi is by far my favorite expression of it because it includes the dark. And it explains that the Force is the connection between these two things. If you only have one, you will end up out of balance. Um, and yeah, just, just the whole thing just really resonates, especially, you know, like you said, um, what was Luke's family legacy? Well, it was it was Vader. Uh, and also, I, I hear people complain that Anakin's name wasn't mentioned in the sequels. Anakin doesn't exist in the sequels. No one knows who Anakin is. 
all the records of the Jedi, all that history is lost. It was destroyed intentionally. We have Vader and the shadow of Vader throughout these sequels. And the question is, what are you going to do with that? Um, and that is the that's kind of the point, because when you look at history or legends, these are all things that are being passed down. There, I'm sure there's good and bad in all of it. So for some people, maybe mostly bad. For some people, it might be mostly good. But both exist. We still choose. It doesn't matter what Lakes is. We still choose what what we carry forward, and that's the important part. And that's what I love. All right. Sorry, sorry to go off on, on, on that uh, that big rant. Um, I loved it. All right. So I have. Uh, we'll, we'll end with uh, with two final parts, right? So. First, we'll say, now that we have the entire saga, what has changed for you? And you have the you have the stamp. You can green light any Luke project. What project are you green lighting? Start with Max. Oh boy. Uh, what has changed? I I that's a really good question. I think I think I just I look at the name Skywalker a bit differently. I, I think with the context of like the entire saga, if we're talking from like one to nine, it's it's so much like more, and I, I think about it so much deeper than I, I ever need to. <laughs> I, I like realize I'm at like three a.m. thinking about you know the the context of of Anakin Skywalker's creation. I'm like, what? I need to go to bed. Um, <laughs> But if I were to green light a Luke Skywalker, <laughs> I would I would green light like a a ninety a very short ninety minute movie, uh, a purely hand drawn animation where it's just Luke becoming one with the cosmic force now that he's dead, just like going wow. through the universe and talking with the wills of the force. I'm imagining something very much like Yellow the Beatles movie Yellow Submarine from like the 70s or 80s where it's just like super trippy but it's this beautiful conversation of like what it all what the force actually meant and and stuff like that. That's what I would love to see. Doesn't you know, <laughs> I don't need more action scenes. You have just destroyed my mind with that. I didn't even <laughs> consider that as a possibility. But if same. If you've read the uh, From a Certain Point of View book and then you, you read the part where Qui-Gon Jinn appears to Obi-Wan right before the events of A New Hope, yeah, Qui-Gon knows Obi-Wan's going to die soon and he knows he's going to be joining him in the cosmic force but can't tell him and is like trying to be supportive. Like, oh my god, that would just... There Man. was... There was a, uh, I don't remember, I think it was a book where R2-D2 uh, uh, talked to the wills of the Force about the entire Skywalker saga in Legends. And I'm like, I would love that to be a movie, but just turn into Luke Skywalker talking to the wills. <laughs> uh, well, I need to reevaluate everything. While I do so, um, uh, Element, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, so what's changed? I think the, the 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 one thing that's changed the most is is me uh the, the entire saga as a whole has has changed how my outlook and my perspective on life and just like i said earlier on um not to see 
so much black and white and to kind of pay attention to the nuance and the context of everything. Um, in terms of like any Luke project, this is probably going to be the most generic answer you're going to get. And it's probably something that you have in mind as well is just before the rise of Kylo Ren. Just we, we don't have that story and people were mostly complaining about the sequels because we didn't get to see Prime, Prime Luke. So like maybe a TV show or, or a long 10 movie saga about him after Return of the Jedi, training Leia, training all of his students, um, going on adventures with Lor Santeca and finding all of these artifacts and exploring the lore. And of course, we see in the Jedi uh, text that he's also exploring Sith artifacts as well. So we would get a healthy dose of, of lore on both sides of the front and maybe, maybe see uh, more of the Knights of Ren. Uh, yeah, just, just the time period between Return of the Jedi and TFA is probably ripe with stories that, that could potentially be epic for Luke. Sebastian Stan plays him. I so. agree. Yeah, definitely. Right, and uh, and Cole. So Element said that what changed for him was his outlook on the world. I'm kind of more of an inverted version of that. What changed for me is my outlook on Star Wars itself, because when I first saw it, I was just a kid, and it was like, oh, cool movie, epic spaceship, cool battles. Like that was just my view of it, because I was just a little kid. But growing up, watching it, I've come to realize that there's just so much more meaning and deeper value to it that I take with me that I just couldn't recognize then. So it's the evolution of the way that I can view Star Wars that's changed. But if I could greenlight any Luke project... I got two that I'm kind of torn between. One, I guess this also would sound pretty generic, but I'd like a a Clone Wars-esque kind of show in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, just based out of the base on Hoth. Hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I like that. Because I'd just like to see almost, I guess you could call it filler time, but just I'd like to see more built up on the rebellion during the time of the original trilogy itself, not before the original trilogy. Also, real, real, real quick question, though, I have to ask you, have you read Lost Stars? No, I have not. Anything canon, I'm sending it. I'm sending read, it. I haven't read it. Bro, bro, bro I'm sending I'm going to send it to you. Um, yeah. So like Lost Stars and then the first Battlefront book, Twilight Company. Both mm-hmm. of those especially have long periods of it where it takes place on Hoth in that time period. Oh, just really? like people being like, This friggin' sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh Kayer gets gets drunk and gets led back. Uh, no, sorry, that's on the stars. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I just Anyways, yeah, I have a more and interesting proposal though. I know we have the comics going on right now that element was talking about earlier in between return i mean in between empire strikes back and return of the jedi but if i could retcon all of that i'd like a movie or maybe a small four or five part show where we see 
Ahsoka meet Luke, and that could be the explanation to where he's come to more closure with himself and his power and the Jedi and things like that. Because to be honest, within the canon, I don't know much of what has gone on between the movies. So I'd like to see something like that, especially... I'm thinking just more like this is fan service to myself, two of my favorite characters meeting each other. But yeah, I'd love to see Ahsoka give him some of the closure on that and some of the last of his training before Return of the Jedi actually comes and he goes to see Yoda again. Yeah. That would be cool. I I would also enjoy that th- thusly. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, uh, and Max, did, did I hit you already? <laughs> Yes, you did. You're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 I've forgot the very first time, which is very unusually <laughs> unusual. Um, I I love. So we actually have uh, Wednesday pull uh, in in the list. His videos are awesome. Uh, love him. But he's mentioned that he'd love to see uh, again the um, Tartagoski animated show of an updated version of the Thrawn trilogy. Which, uh, that would be dope uh, because just that the animation style, like how just raw it is, and like I mean, I I, I love that animation style in anything of, of all time. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that myself. Um, but my my for me, again. You guys all have me in my feels and being all introspective and whatnot, which I love. That's actually where I live, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I can say that what has changed is is me as as well. Um, and your sometimes your views on what's right and what's wrong get inverted or you get extra information from a third party and then you're like, crap, I've been wrong for <laughs> years. Year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, have I really been missing out on this whole thing over here? Um, so that's that's what I, I really do appreciate. And um, as far as if I could green light any project, uh, I've said it multiple times, but I will continue to say it. What I want is... I need a series, um, Clone War style, like where, where it's anthology style, but it is Ray looking at the Jedi texts with Luke's notes in them. And she is reliving those moments. So she turns to a point and it cuts back to Luke going to this place and learning this lesson. And it's Luke in his prime visiting this random force sensitive group or visiting this random temple that was written somewhere and experiencing all this stuff and what made him write those notes in the book that's why a whole series based off of just prime luke but it's anthology but it's always prime luke and we get to meet all these other force sensitive like places and things and people and all this stuff that that would just be the best from one of your beautiful. previous episodes. Oh, okay. I think I called it like the journals of Luke as read by Ray. Yeah. <laughs> and now that it's been confirmed she has psychometry, she could she could go through those memories. Relive them, yeah. 
And if if we did so, then eventually we could get Rey restarting a new Jedi Order, but having learned the lessons that Yoda learned from season six of Clone Wars, where he had to face his own inner darkness and having learned Luke's lessons. And so we might get a more perfect order. And then that more perfect order can go get up against um, the Yuzhan Vong or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> the All right. Order is the Skywalker order. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I want. Uh, the rank of master has been replaced with the rank of Skywalker. I think Anakin would be stoked. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that being said, all right, all right. So is is there anything you guys want to see going forward from Star Wars in general? And lastly, you know, this is our conclusion. So anything you want to see going forward, and where can we find you? And uh, I'm going to start with uh, with Element here. Anything that I would like to see going forward, there's actually two things, one more important than the other. So the lesser important one is the sequels need their Clone Wars. They need um, an animated show that practically shows everything that we, we have gotten in small tidbits and like books and comics. And they need to give people seven seasons to grow with Rey because it did wonders for Ahsoka and I think she needs that more important, most most of all to kind of set the groundwork for them to continue that story if they're ever going to do an NJO type of thing um, but the more important thing that I want to see is an adaptation of the Old Republic and I'll just if you've seen my TikTok on my 20 movie saga then you'll know exactly what I'm thinking about that and I'll leave it there the Old Republic needs to be adapted Yes, and I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, basically, we need to get away from this trilogy me mentality. Um, the Old Republic cannot be contained in a trilogy. That's not possible. So go watch uh, elements like his TikTok on it. Um, it is even. It's a it's a twenty part trilogy or twenty part. I said trilogy. Twenty part <laughs> saga that goes into another saga of Bane. That's what I want. Um, but I, I love it. And uh, Cole, your thoughts on it? Uh, before I say anything, I'd like to say that I totally agree. The trilogies are outdated. The Star Wars, it it needs to step into TV shows and almost like an MCU style kind of just ongoing storyline that you could push as many movies and shows into that you have to to tell that story. But the projects that I'd like to see going on, number one, Rebel sequel. I don't know if anything's been confirmed about that or what, but I, I need closure on what happened to Ezra and I need closure on Sabine and Ahsoka. And stemming out of that, I would also like to see an Ahsoka solo series. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I believe the future of Star Wars is in TV shows. And I agree. I think it's away from movies, but yeah. And to reach me, I'm on TikTok at Master North. Okay, uh, perfect. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, my inspiration, Comb uh, Max. <laughs> that is so. That is so sweet. Oh my god! Thank you both so much. Um, what I want from Star Wars, uh, uh, I want two things. I want. Uh, uh, 
sort of like the old republic but i want before that i would love to see mm. the canon beginning of the jedi or beginning of like the the jedi and the sith conflict like all the way back to the beginning but i also want it to be juxtaposed with the very 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 end of the jedi so like the very the actual last jedi the actual last sith the actual last uh conflict between between these two you know man-made sort of constructs um to sort of juxtapose both of them one to canonize both of them because i'm interested to see how <laughs> they would work with the beginning and the end um but also i think that's those are those are the things that i'm the most interested in is like the beginning and the collapse and how we can sort of string everything together from the old republic to the high republic to the clone wars to everything like that uh and uh for the sake of uh, a joke you can't find me i don't exist you can find me on tiktok at home <laughs> uh i i I love it i want to thank everyone so much for for coming and uh and jumping here on uh jumping on this with me um like all of you guys i I follow i follow all of your content and and i love it i know max you you took a little break uh and i was i was so sad (laughs) when that happened i was following i wasn't really commenting or anything but i was there and it's a, a weird so I'm also in a position where I've had people tell me like how much my content means to them. And it's weird to me. Like I'm not I'm I'm just trying to be like Element. He was trying to do like Max. You mean like it's 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 this awesome thing. And I'm just stoked that we can all at the end of the day, we're all just we're all just nerds, just just being Star Wars fans and we can just talk and have fun and that's just the best thing ever. Um, yep. Thank you, everyone, for for coming on the the podcast. I, thank I you for having us. us. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I can have you guys all again. But um, may the force be with you always. May the force be with may the you force too. Be with you. Thank you. And, uh, you as well. <laughs>